when TPT Forward 2024 was announced and they said that there would not be a virtual version of the conference for this year. I know there were many teacher sellers that were bummed out because they may not be able to make it to San Diego for one reason or another. But I think this is a blessing in disguise because there is a completely virtual conference that did so fantastic last year. It was easily one of my favorite conferences, and that is the Teachers Sellers Summit. The great thing about this is that it also takes place in the summer. This is from June 27th through the 30th, and if course, it's all online. You have not only pre-recorded sessions, but you also get live events. So what I wanted to share with you about right now is information about this Teacher Seller Summit and how you can level up your business from the comfort of your own home. There are sessions about perfecting your product listings, creating print-on-demand workbooks, opening up your own shop, and diversifying your income streams. But not only that, you can also connect with successful teacherpreneurs and industry experts to take your TPT or teacher business to the next level. Here's what's in store. You have in-depth sessions about mastering key business skills, both on and off TPT with insights from experienced speakers, a variety of networking opportunities where you can connect with business owners worldwide, swap ideas and learn from each other's successes, practical tips and strategies with actionable techniques to succeed, whether you're just starting out or you're aiming higher. And additionally, there are live Q&A panels, a private podcast for on-the-go learning, and so much more. I'm presenting at this conference, and my session is about three keys to a successful TPT store brand. So you may be wondering, what does this cost? What's the investment on this? And there are early bird tickets available through April 30th for $99. And you can save nearly 25% by just purchasing in the month of April. But if you're listening to this and it is past April, but not yet June, so May and June, you're listening to this, you can still purchase tickets to this conference for $129. You will get a 90-day pass to all 40 sessions, live Q&A panel discussions, virtual hangouts, co-working spaces, private podcast. If this sounds like something you're really interested in, you can check out my affiliate link in the description where you're listening to this episode. I hope I can see you there. Now let's dive into this week's episode. Hey there, it's Kirsten. Do you have a quick second? I just wanted to give a big thank you to all my listeners who tune in to the Creative Teacher Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please take a minute to rate and review wherever you listen to the podcast. It would mean the world to me. Thanks again for all your support. It's terrifying a little bit when I say you have to do all of the things, but there's a strategy behind it where you're taking your long form content. So a podcast like this or a longer blog post and you're repurposing that content so that maybe somebody does want to listen to a podcast, but somebody else would prefer to read a blog post. And so you're putting the same content in two different places so that people can consume it in the way that makes sense to them. And then you're also taking that same content and you're putting it onto social media. You're not coming up with random social media posts every single day. You have that foundational piece of content, your podcast that you then 
pulled quotes from, pulled sound bites from, pulled, like created a carousel that's a teaching post. And there you have like three different social media posts, but really all you've done is record one podcast or you've only written one blog. You're listening to the Creative Teacher Podcast, a show for busy teachers looking for ways to engage, inspire, and make an impact in their teacher businesses. I'm Kirsten a teacher business owner who is all about simple and actionable tips, strategies, and resources that result in wins, big or small. If you're looking for that extra spark of creativity, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in together. Welcome to another episode of the Creative Teacher Podcast. I have a special guest with us, And she is going to teach us a little thing or two about marketing with everything in mind. Her name is Jinzea. She is a teacherpreneur who specializes in Facebook ads. She and her team help clients grow their brand through strategically using Facebook ads. She also has a podcast, Market Scale Grow, And it goes into a lot of what we're going to be talking about today, which is holistic marketing. So I cannot wait for you to listen to this amazing interview. I know you're going to get a lot of valuable information about it. Well, welcome, Jinzea, to the Creative Teacher Podcast. I'm so glad that you have come to join us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Yes. So tell me about yourself and well, and also, of course, the listeners, tell us about yourself and, um, you know, tell us about your teaching experience, where you are currently and all of that good stuff. So um, I started teaching in Taiwan, actually, oh. about 10 years ago now. I spent three years teaching English there. And while I was there, I started a TPT store. Um because I was like, I'm making these things. And so that was back in 2013. Mm -hmm. And my little store just kind of like sat there and um, I would post and coast is what I called it. So (laughs) I would just post something and not market it. I didn't tell anyone about my store. Right. And then when I had my son in 2019, I was like, I'm going to put some more effort and time into this. I needed something as I'm sure mamas all over can relate to that wasn't my new identity as a mom. And it was kind of like me holding on to my past as a human. It was just me. And now I'm three years into motherhood. And so I've melded the two together. Um, But from that, restarting my TPT store in 2019, after my son was born, I found Facebook ads and that's where my business is now. I'm a Facebook ad strategist and I help my clients with holistic marketing. So it's been an adventure. Um, I am in the classroom one day a week this year. I teach mostly kindergartens. I get to hang out with them and do some health and well-being with them. So, Oh, that's so exciting. And I can totally relate to your journey because I also opened my store in 2013. And I know that like, there's a lot of us that were like, well, I'm making these resources. I might as well post them and see what happens. And just kind of, you know, some of us were just not really marketing it at all, <laughs> just letting it sit there. So and it yeah. was like the wild, wild west. It was like a yeah. word document. It was not oh, a PDF. Yeah. Like no you can change needed. the fonts or the whole document, exactly. right? Exactly. Like- <laughs> yeah. Like Pinterest was definitely a thing for sure. 
but it was more like like you could just have something created in word and it would sell like no cover page just a screenshot not even not even a screenshot like tpt would create the thumbnail for me and it would be their screenshot of the word document like it was bad looking back (laughs) it was so bad but like i I was able to like, while I was in Taiwan in the first like two couple of years of my business, I bought all of my like eBooks mm-hmm. and I read constantly. So that TPT paid for all of my eBooks because I was the only thing at that time that I knew of like that accepted PayPal. So, um, yeah. And then, um, eventually I bought my bridesmaid dresses with the money and it started to pay for like groceries and mortgage and all like it's expanded since then right but it was nice that I like almost immediately was like oh I can buy a book like this is cool yeah yes even with the wild wild westness of it of like yeah and it always kind of starts that way like where you're like I just want you know to be able to buy some Starbucks without my husband, you know, getting upset or anything like that. But then it (laughs) just, then it kind of snowballs as it, your business grows, you know, depending on what you're doing to grow your business. And Mm -hmm. it's amazing what can happen with, like, it turns into much, it just turns into a much bigger impact on not only teachers and, you know, students, but also your family as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love TPT for that. Yes. So I know you did mention that you got into Facebook ads and all of that. That topic can be probably a little scary for a lot of teacherpreneurs. I myself, I'm like, I'm still like some of my campaigns have worked and I like go off of that, but I still have no idea what I'm doing. But like, (laughs) it's yeah. So Facebook ads are definitely a struggle for me, but I love how you mentioned the word holistic, just Mm -hmm. Like, it sounds like that could be something that might be beneficial for busy moms or busy teacher sellers and all of that. So tell us about more about kind of what you do um, as a VA in that side. So the whole concept of holistic is goes with where the digital marketing space is and where it's trending to towards more, more towards relationship building and relational marketing. Um, and away from like FOMO based marketing, like the fear of missing out or bro marketing, where it's, I have this helicopter and this $500,000 car and just follow my three tips and you can have this lifestyle too. Like that ridiculous marketing that was happening and was absolutely like part of the time. Mm-hmm. And, but we're definitely now more in a space where we have to build trust. We have to build relationships. And we have to position ourselves as experts so that people can really feel confident and comfortable investing their hard-earned money into uh, your business, whether it's a product-based business like TPT, or if it's a service-based business like what I have as a service provider, a VA. Um, And so holistic marketing helps you to reach people in different ways. So you're not just using Facebook ads or you're not just blogging or just using Pinterest. It's terrifying a little bit when I say you have to do all of the things, but there's a strategy behind it where you're taking your long form content. So a podcast like this or a longer blog post, and you're repurposing that content 
so that maybe somebody does want to listen to a podcast, but somebody else would prefer to read a blog post. And so you're putting the same content in two different places so that people can consume it in the way that makes sense to them. And then you're also taking that same content and you're putting it onto social media. You're not coming up with random social media posts every single day. You have that foundational piece of content, your podcast, that you then pulled quotes from, pulled sound bites from, pulled, like created a carousel that's a teaching post. And there you have like three different social media posts, but really all you've done is record one podcast or you've only written one blog. Another element would be emailing your list, right? So you're hitting all of these different places. And that's what I mean by holistically marketing is really like zooming out, like, yeah, zooming out and getting your content and your information everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then the second piece of that is not just focusing, like I said, on paid advertisement, but you can also be promoting organically, promoting by paid advertisement, and then doing things like collaborations um, to build those relationships. And so again, you're not just like looking at one thing, you're trying to get in front of as many different people in as many different ways as possible without burning yourself out. Yes, that's the key without burning out. And it seems like a lot, but like everything you hit on is a lot of what I like. I was just telling you off camera that I was like creating social media posts, but they're not like random. Like I have, it's Mm -hmm. based off of my podcast episodes. It's based off of, and then I have another set for my Southern teach for teachers. I have Mm -hmm. one based on the blog posts that I write. So like it, it, even though it is a lot of, it seems like a lot, it might seem overwhelming. It's, you're not recreating the wheel every time I have a new social media post, you know? And I absolutely don't recommend that anyone just go into it and be like, okay, I need a podcast and I need to put show notes out on the blog and I need to email and I need to get on social media all at the same time. Yeah. My, for my business, I started my podcast and then a couple months later, like probably three months later, I was like, okay, I'm, the podcast is up and running. I can consistently get my episodes out every single week. I have a system there. I feel comfortable. Now I'm going to go back and create the blog posts. And so Mm -hmm. that was a lot of work because by that point, three months later, I had like 12 to 16, something like that podcast. So, and I was continuing to post new podcasts every week, but I took that time and I then created the blog. And then once I got to the point where my blog is up to date and I can put the podcast out and the show notes, which again, are the same content. It's not different content, but I can do both of those every week. Then I started sending emails, Mm -hmm. right? And so the blogs took another three months. So now we're six months from when I started before I started sending emails. And then once the emails were up and running, that's when I started to pull in a more like strategic, if you will, social media content plan where I'm actually pulling it. But that was the last piece that I pulled in. And it doesn't have to be. That's the other thing I really like about how I go about holistic marketing and helping my clients with this. You can start with email if that makes the most sense for you, Mm -hmm. or you can start with a blog or you can start with social media. Like it really doesn't matter what your starting point is, but you pick one and then you build on it from there. Mm -hmm. And then with the ultimate goal of you having content, you having emails and you having social media or a community of some sort that you're building. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's the other piece, but like not trying to get all of it immediately. Yeah. It's really important. That's probably the fastest way to burning out and not wanting to do anything related to marketing. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, t- I totally am on board with the whole, like getting really good at what you feel comfortable starting with. Like, let's say emailing your list every week 
And mm-hmm. once you get in that groove, then maybe picking something else that you think, you know, might be the next best step, but just like, I love the idea of how you can kind of just add on a little bit of, there's not really a set timeline of like, okay, after two months, you need to go here. And then after two months, exactly, it's just like based on how you feel comfortable with. And once you have systems and procedures in place and whether those are really formally written out systems or procedures, or just like you have a system that you do every week and you finally feel comfortable in it. My coach always says consistency trumps everything else in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, yeah, so true. is it, it's so true though. Like if you're consistently showing up every single week and putting that effort out, then it is going to pay off because you're continuing to show up. You're continuing to build those relationships. You're continuing to just be a part of the community. So that's, what's really important is the consistency over a long period of time. I love that. That's such a good thing to remember. So we did kind of touch on like the benefits of marketing holistically, but um, other than like, you know, being able to repurpose the content you already have, are there any other benefits to doing this? So the biggest benefit I think is like reaching people and building those relationships in multiple ways. And a very interesting fact that's been being said in more and more circles right now is that it's no longer seven to 10 touch points before someone buys from you, which is like a really common thing. I think even a year ago was saying someone needs seven to 10 touch points. They're now saying it's 40 to 50 micro touch points. And now the difference between a touch point and a micro touch point, a touch point is like reading a blog, listening to an entire podcast, like even having a DM conversation with someone. Those are big moments, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas now we're looking more at micro touch points, like scrolling past somebody's reel and watching like three seconds of it, or even just like scrolling past and saying like, Oh, I recognize those colors. That's so-and-so's branding. Mm-hmm. Right. But not even stopping, not liking, not commenting, nothing like those micro touch points, seeing someone's name pop up in your email box, not opening their email, right. <laughs> not anything, but reading their name and the subject line. Those are micro touch points. And it takes 40 to 50 of them for, to take someone from never having heard of you before to a buyer. Mm-hmm. And of course, like the first few are going to be those micro touch points of like just seeing your name in the email box or in the inbox. And then as it progresses, you're likely going to move towards the the bigger touch points of they actually open the email and they read it. They actually open the email, they read it and they click and then they go and listen to the podcast. Right. So there is a progression, but we just have to remember that it's taking so much more for people to, to get to know us, to trust us and to feel confident in buying. And so holistically marketing, the biggest benefit there is because you're showing up in different places Mm -hmm. and I don't recommend copy paste like the transcript from your podcast into the blog, copy and paste the transcript into your email and then copy and paste the transcript to your. So that's not, that's not what I mean. Um, just like, but having those different spins on the exact same content, like my blog is typically more of a teaching way about going at it. And then my emails are more of a story conversational piece. So they're all coming at it from slightly different angles. And so even if someone consumes more than one, they're getting that same information again and intaking it. So it's those touch points, that nurturing and that relationship building, which is the best part about um, holistic marketing and just the focus on providing value first. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that whole, like 
the whole micro touches in mm-hmm. how it can reach, like even when somebody's not even thinking about it. Cause I, I have so many emails that like they send to me every week. And mm-hmm. I actually know that like on Mondays, certain people are sending emails out and I don't necessarily open them all, but I just like, I'm like, Oh, there's that person that sends it every Monday. So exactly. that is, that's really interesting that you mentioned that that's really cool to hear. I have okay. podcasts that I listen to. And then I've, I've saved their show. So they auto download onto my phone. And for whatever reason, the topic doesn't resonate or I don't want to listen to it, but just them popping up and like, there's a new episode. Like that's another micro touch point of this person is still showing up and I'm not forgetting about them. Right. right? Like if I hadn't saved their show, it might not pop up and then I might not listen for six months, Mm -hmm. but because it's there and it's popping up. So that's another, just all of those little things where they're popping up automatically. And if you're not producing new shows or new blogs, then you're not going to do that pop up. And even if, like I said, it doesn't resonate with a person that week for whatever reason, your name won't be there at all if you're not creating anything. So, yeah, oh, that's really awesome to think about, but mm-hmm. yeah. And that's a great reminder that you're not like, you feel like you're repeating yourself all the time, even though you're on different platforms, but not, you know, not necessarily, that doesn't have to be the case, you know, especially if you're just pulling little bits and pieces. And like you said, having a different spin on certain things, depending on which platform you're um, talking to your audience. Mm -hmm. And as like, as a teacher, and I'm sure you'll resonate with this too, if you know that there's certain people in your classroom who one way of teaching it just like instantly like the light bulb clicks but then there's some other students that it's the third or fourth time that you approach something you teach it and they're like oh 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 I get it now right and so you have to remember like our entire audience is that same way some people will immediately resonate with what you're saying the very first time you say it but then there's other people that'll take three or four times before they clicks mm-hmm. and those crazy statistics of only 1 to 4% of people even see your social media only 25 to 40% of people open your emails like mm-hmm. so you yes we do feel like we're repeating ourselves but we're putting a different spin on it and people are likely not consuming every single thing that you put out just because of how busy our lives are, how much content is being thrown in front of us. Um, and if something doesn't resonate and it doesn't click with them, then they're not going to remember it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. Thinking, especially about the students, like you'll have some students that will get everything you're talking about during the whole group lesson, but then some people, they just need different ways of consuming the content or the information. They might need to be working in a smaller group with you at the, you know, the small group table and all of that kind of stuff. So that's like six months later, they'll be like, I I totally understand what we were talking about way back on that lesson. And everyone else is like, what lesson are you talking about? Like, and I love those. That's like one of my favorite parts of teaching is those light bulb moments when they get that, when it's like, you're working with them for that long and they get it. And it's, it's amazing feeling. So there, I know are some listeners out there and TPCT sellers who are, you know, they are on a couple of different platforms. They might be on Instagram. They have that. They might have a website or blog, or they might have an email and they might have all of those, you know, those components, but maybe they're having a hard time managing those three or two, you know, depending on how many they have. What are some strategies to manage those different platforms that they might currently have, um, you know, just to like, so it's not too unbearable. Um, so we already mentioned the, the biggest one I think is that's huge is batching. Mm-hmm. And 
So I record three or four podcast episodes at a time. And then the second one after batching is hiring. So I no longer edit my own podcast. I have a podcast manager who does that. Right. And so I batch mine and then I send all four of them off to her and she actually edits all four of them at the same time. She uploads all four of them at the same time. So then when I go through and I do like my episode checks just to make sure like links are working and whatever, I can check all of them at the same time. And so then I know I do it once. And I don't have to worry about it for the rest of the month. And so that's really, so those two things combined, I think are really, really helpful. And obviously, or maybe not obviously, but it it wasn't easy for me to hire immediately. Right. I didn't have the the cash flow, and um, I didn't want to let go of my baby, but just like Mm -hmm. recognizing that, yes, I can edit podcasts. I, I also can design things in Canva or whatever. That's not the best use of my time. Mm-hmm. Now with the designing things in Canva, I had clients who were like, uh, these graphics aren't great. And so that was another way of like, oh, you need to hire someone for this. If something like you're not doing something up to your own standards, or if you have clients that are standards, then like mm-hmm. you can hire out. There are people that do all of the things. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, those are my two, my two recommendations. Batch the content, batch everything you possibly can. Um, and then secondly, hire for anything that doesn't bring you joy or is not a good use of your time. Yeah. I love that you mentioned like recognizing like, yes, I, I can edit podcasts. Yes, I can, you know, make different graphics, but is it the best use of my time? That's a really great, like, like what else could you be doing that you might enjoy better or yeah. that, you know, you might be that other people might be able to do better than you in some ways. So I love that perspective of like those, cause I know there's a lot of hesitation for, for some listeners, you know, wanting to hire out, being afraid to hire out. That's something really great to think about. I've had some, I personally have had some really great hires. Like my podcast manager was a great hire. Mm-hmm. I've also had really miss like missed hires where it wasn't a good match. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's just all part of the learning and the growing experience of, of running a business and figuring right. it out. So just remember that it isn't easy, but, um, it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, and like, it's like not something new with like businesses, you know, you have people who are not the best fit for a company and that they have to go their separate ways. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's always about taking that chance on those people who have the potential to help you. So love that. Yeah. So, um, as far as like any signs, like if you're like going at the speed of light in, um, all of this and you have your blog and you've got your email and your video, you know, YouTube channel and all of that is, are there any signs like it's starting to get a little too much on your plate what are some signs someone might need to slow down and cut back on the number of marketing platforms they have? So I'd say the consistency piece, if you're not able to be consistent, then um, considering like thinking about where you can scale back is the the biggest one because it, it, it really doesn't matter if it's a podcast or YouTube or a blog, but if you're trying to do all three and you, you kind of are sporadically doing them. And maybe there's a YouTube video this week and then a podcast and people can't come to count on when you're going to do it. Right. Like you said, with your emails, there's people that, you know, are going to show up in your inbox on Mondays. There are 
there are podcasts that I know come out on Wednesdays. There are YouTube videos I know that come out on Fridays, whatever it might be, right? And so you start to, your audience becomes accustomed to your rhythm. And if you can't stay on some sort of schedule, and that's not to say your schedule can't change, Mm -hmm. but you, you should be able to try and be consistent for extended amount of time. So if you can't, then that's a sign that, okay, you need to scale back and to slow down and to figure out maybe you cut back because one is just too complicated, taking too much time. You don't have the skills or it's, you hate doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's just not bringing in the return that you were expecting. And then not that to say you can't ever bring that back, but that f- to scale back, figure it out, and then come back to that piece that wasn't working and trying to figure it out when you do have more capacity, whether it's because you've hired someone or because something else, maybe a a major project ended. So now you have more time to really figure out why it wasn't working Um, because we really only have two main resources. We have time and we have money, right? Right. So if you don't, you, you either invest time into something and you're doing it yourself or um, really like focusing on it or you're investing time or money, sorry, where you're paying someone else to invest that time into it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Those were some great <laughs> tips on that. Um, and then I guess as far as like Facebook ads, I know it's not, I mean, it's, it's a little tricky, I guess, for a lot of teacherpreneurs out there and TPT sellers, because it's really hard, even just the interface, like going yeah. it's, it's very awful. intimidating. <laughs> it's it's so intimidating. And so it's like, it makes a lot of us want to just like, uh, well, Instagram's e- easier. It's like, you know, I understand all the buttons and all of that, yeah. but what if somebody, you know, kind of familiar, not really, or maybe not at all familiar with Facebook ads, how can what could we do? What are some little things we could do to amplify or, you know, kind of, I guess, get a better reach out in different avenues as far as like where we currently are? Maybe we're on Facebook or we're on Instagram. How can we use fa- Facebook ads to amplify that? So the first thing that's really important to remember is that Facebook and Instagram ads are actually the same thing on the back end. Okay. And so um, typically, and not always, but typically if you're advertising on Facebook, you're also on Instagram, you're also promoting on Instagram. Um, and that, that's not very clear if you're hitting the boost a post button or if you're mm. creating the, the promotion within one of the apps. Um, but they are on the back end, the same thing. And I a hundred percent agree with you. It is one of the most complicated inf- interfaces that I've ever, and I've, I've never used Photoshop. So I know that that one oh, I've heard yeah. is really, really bad, it is. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's not an easy interface. And there's a lot of numbers. There's a lot of data. There's a lot of things being thrown at you. And it can, if you don't know what to look for, it can be overwhelming. So if you're interested in ad, like Facebook ads, Instagram ads, my first recommendation is to take it as a learning experience and try to just learn something new every time that you go in there and do it and just baby steps each time. You're like, okay, well maybe I'll try this this time, or maybe I'll try that. And like something new each time. And it's okay if for your first like six campaigns or 10 campaigns, you're just getting comfortable with like setting it up and figuring things out. That's totally fine. Just take those baby steps and moving forward. My second piece of advice is uh, list building ads are my favorite. 
I don't know if that's actually a piece of advice. It's just more of a statement. Um, I really like running list building ads where you're growing your email list. So you're driving traffic towards the landing page where people opt in. Mm-hmm. And the return on that ad spend is your email list is growing. Mm-hmm. So you are giving them something free of high value. And then um, you're getting from that, you're getting their email list. So yeah, those yeah. are my, my favorite types of ads. Um, and so between the two pieces, like just take those baby steps. And then if you want an easier ad to run, I would recommend list building ads. Okay. Yeah. That's currently, and um, that's like the only one that I've found success with. Cause I can actually see like, they're actually going on my email list. So, and they exactly. seem like they're actually the target audience that I have set up for it seems to be the type of people who should be opting in my email mm-hmm. list. So that's the only one I've like had success with so far. So that's something I'm going to take in mind as well Is just like, if I'm going to try something new, just, I'm just going to see, just try it out, see what happens. So another just tiny piece of advice is I caution people on boosting a post. Okay. That because, was one of my questions I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. Boosting a post it, there is a time and a place for it in a strategy, but if you're just boosting a post because the button is there and you feel like you should be, then that's not part of a strategy and I don't recommend it. So there is a time and a place for the boost a post button and for running engagement type ads, but it's not just because the button's there and I feel like I should. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. personally been victimized by that before I really got into Facebook ad strategy. I threw at least a couple hundred dollars down the drain because I had no idea where that money was going. Yeah. And I know like, it seems like anytime I've tried to boost, it's just like a bunch of random people who like are not exactly. my ideal audience anyway. So I've like stopped even trying that. So yeah. It's part of the reason for that is it's low hanging fruit, if you will. Like it's really easy for someone to be scrolling through Instagram and double tap, double tap, double yeah. tap, right? So that people aren't even paying any attention. They're just liking everything that comes their way. And then Instagram goes, oh, these people like a lot of posts. Let's show them a post that we want people to like. And so mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. So it, it it can be not good quality leads and people coming into your world when you mm-hmm. boost a post. Oh, yeah. That's a great tip on that. Mm-hmm. Well, you seem very knowledgeable about Facebook ads in general. And of course, you know, marketing, like you've had so many great like tips in this episode so far. So where can we learn more information about Facebook ads, marketing? I know you mentioned that you offer some services. Where can we find more information about that from you? So I would say the best place to find me is my podcast. And that's tons of free tips, strategies. There's the holistic marketing piece. There's Facebook ad strategy. Um, So you can find that at marketscalegrow.com forward slash listen now. And that is the best place. yeah, I would love for people to come and listen to the podcast. Okay. Yeah. I'll make sure to link that too in the show notes. Awesome. Thank well, you thank so much you. for having me. Yes. Thank you for being a guest. I so appreciate it. And I know a lot of sellers and listeners will get some awesome tips from you as well. Yeah. Well, I hope so. Yeah. Thanks again. Thanks for tuning in to the Creative Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed listening to today's episode, 
feel free to subscribe and leave a review. I'd love to hear your feedback. You can also find me on Instagram at the Southern Teach. I cannot wait for you to join me in the next episode for more tips and inspiration. Have an amazing day. Are you looking for a way to grow your business without working too much harder than you already are? Do you want to optimize your limited time and see a real impact on your business efforts? Well, I've got great news for you because your data playbook can help you achieve all of these goals and then some. As a teacher, you know that the education market is super competitive, and in order to succeed, you would have to stand out from the crowd and deliver results that really matter to your customers. But without the right tools, it can be kind of hard to know if what you're doing is truly paying off. And that's where your data playbook comes in. The membership is designed to help teacher sellers like you leverage the power of data-driven strategies. You can unlock valuable insights about your customers, your products, and your sales performance. This membership is packed with access to analytics tools and resources, personalized coaching sessions, and a community of like-minded teacher sellers who are also eager to share their insights and experiences. I totally believe that your data playbook can help you take your teacher seller business to the next level, but don't take my word for it. Check out the website to see what other teacher sellers are saying. I'd appreciate it so much if this is something you're considering to check out my affiliate link in the description. There are different membership tiers. So if this is something you're considering, you should definitely check it out. It's your data playbook and I hope you can join.